Hey, what's up guys and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. If you are a subscriber, I appreciate you. Before we get into today's talk, I'm flying solo today, which is a new thing for the podcast because as you know, I usually have a round table or um, a special guest that I'm doing a one-on-one with. But before we get into the talk, I do want to talk to you a little bit about my Patreon. I do have patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. So if you are a fan of the podcast, you've been reading my blog and you've also been listening to my music, this Patreon community is for you. I have four different tiers, from $5 to $25. You can get access to um, special Patreon community updates. I have a private Facebook group where we talk a lot about uh, social justice things and different call to actions every week. And we have really great discussions in that group. Also, uh, you'll get access to new music that I'm going to be releasing soon. And you can get to vote on podcast topics. You can also vote on song, cover songs. It's a good range of stuff. I'm going to be updating um, the different tiers every month. So I'd love for you to be a part of the community, patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. Now, let's get into it. What do we need to talk about this week? Well, as we all know, unless you have been sitting under a rock, President Trump tested positive for COVID last week. It was on Friday morning at 1 a.m. that he tweeted that he uh, and Melania tested positive and they went to quarantine and they ended up taking him to Walter Reed Hospital. Apparently, he's on his way back to the White House now. They're going to monitor him there. Now, a lot of um, emotions went through me when I saw that he tested positive for COVID. Um, I think the natural response was karma. Um, like, oh, okay, well, maybe now you'll actually take this seriously because, as we know, the pandemic has been going on for six months. We've had nearly 200,000 deaths in the United States. Um, I'm not sure the quite quite the exact number of how many uh, positive cases we've had, but 200,000 deaths is an alarming number, and it is something that could have been avoided had we had the leadership that we needed to get us through this pandemic. Now, again, are all 200,000 deaths on Trump's shoulders? I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say yes on that, actually, because I do think even if the government did uh, mandate certain things and take different precautions and act as if it were important when it were important, some people are still going to do their own thing. Some people are still not going to want to wear masks. They're still going to throw parties and they're still going to be irresponsible, which ironically is what our government did. So they held a reception um, party, whatever you want to call it, in the Rose Garden for the Supreme Court Justice nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. And that's where about 10 people contracted COVID. Now, we are waiting to see how many dominoes are going to continue falling from this because it seems like every day a new case of COVID from that party is being announced. And um, it's it's upsetting to me because I don't understand how grown adults can be so irresponsible. I don't understand how adults that are supposed to be leading our country right now think it's okay to do something as, uh, what, what is the word I'm looking for? I mean, dangerous. I'm going to say something as dangerous as having a close quarter event where nobody's wearing a mask. Really. If you look at the pictures, there's maybe a few people wearing masks, but the main players in this party, no, no mask, not social distancing in each other's faces. And you know, they are getting COVID and it's a shame that, um, they don't realize the the behavior that that they have right now they don't realize that their actions have consequences even in contracting the virus I don't really know how much this is going to change people now I even said on Twitter I really really would love to see this 
uh, soften Trump's heart a little bit, this to give him a sense of humility, this to get him to say, you know what, I didn't take the virus seriously, but now that I've had it, I need you all to take it seriously. And I actually think people would listen, especially his supporters, because they're the ones that aren't taking this virus seriously. They're not wearing masks. They're talking about their freedoms. It's mostly, you know, Republicans and people in red states that aren't taking it seriously because for some reason science became a, a huge political thing, which that's a whole nother podcast and conversation. But right now, you know, we're focusing on the fact that so many people in the administration and they were close to Trump contracted the virus. He was in the hospital. We don't really know if they're telling us the truth because all of the press conferences with the doctors were a little dodgy, not going to lie. Um, I think the information that was being shared with us um, the general public, it was very inconsistent. Now, he um, did head back or is heading back to the White House, and they're going to be monitoring him there, so we'll see. But I, it's also very worrisome because he's in a very dangerous age bracket. Um, he's not very healthy at all. Um, and people like him are the ones that are the most affected by the virus um, that you know, his size, his age, his healthy, non-unhealthy habits, uh, rather. Um, but I, I'm really curious to see how this is all going to play out because, you know, there's, of course, conspiracy theories running around on Twitter. Twitter is my favorite social media app. <laughs> but, um, you know, people don't think, don't, people don't believe him because, you know, he's lied to us about so many things at this point that it's hard to really trust that um, they're telling us the truth. So I get it. I do get it. But I'm, I, I'm kind of torn. I, I don't think it makes sense for him to lie about this because this is such a crucial time for campaigning. This is such a crucial time because the election is in less than a month at this point. And it's, it's really important for him to be on the ground, to be going to those swing states, to be, you know, still trying to make America great again, whatever that means. But I, I would find it hard pressed that he would want the American people to know that he is, um, going through something. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure it out in my head and I can't really, I will never be able to think like that man because I don't know how he thinks. But on the other hand, I could see him faking this so he could say he come out, came out on the other end of it and use it, use it as a way to still continue to downplay the virus. But then that would end up being even more dangerous and killing more people because they're like, oh, Trump got it. He's old. He's unhealthy and he survived. He's doing great. So, you know, I'm young and healthy and I, I don't want to wear a mask. So, you know, it's fine. And, you know, Trump barely wore a mask as it is. He, most of the time when you see him pictured or see him in certain places, he didn't wear them unless he absolutely had to. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I, I'm, I'm really curious and I'm watching very closely. But I do know, you know, the Washington Street Journal, they just published an article saying that he had tested positive already. And then he took a second test to confirm. And when he had an interview on Fox News on Thursday night, before he uh, he t tweeted that he was positive for coronavirus, he had already gotten a positive test result. So within those five hours, we don't know who he came into contact with, where he was, what he was doing, why he didn't mention it on Fox News. Um, 
the whole thing is very suspect. But I know that the world is watching right now. We're waiting. We're trying to figure it out and wanting to see. Now, there's a couple of things that I feel could happen from this. I could see people becoming, quote unquote, more patriotic and, you know, wanting to rally behind him. Therefore, he's getting sympathy votes. Or I could see people not buying into it and getting very upset that he got access to the care that so many other Americans didn't get access to and they could have you know, their lives could have been spared had um, this been handled properly and then he may lose votes because people don't trust him anymore. Now, granted, I never trusted him to begin with, but there are still people out there that do. So I, I, I think it could go either way. Also, I think the thing that's frustrating is like when you're looking at liberals and conservatives during this type of situation, people are looking at how liberals are going to react to this because liberals and the Democrats... <clears throat> They really pride themselves on having a moral compass. They pride themselves on caring for other people, wanting the best for other people. But then you're put in this situation where the person that you despise the most is ill. So how do you respond to that? Do you show grace? Do you wish him luck? Do you hope that he doesn't die? Or do you say how you've been really feeling about the guy because he truly is a vile human being? So I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter and Facebook, you know, like, oh, it's really telling that, you know, the group that cares about people is, you know, wishing this man to, to be dead. And granted, I have actually, well, I have seen a few people say, you know, what if he dies, he dies. They don't really care. But in general, I don't think it's fair for people to make this assumption that because we uh, view ourselves as liberals and because we care about people that we're not allowed to have um, animosity and, and honestly just hate for, for this man because he has proven time and time again that he does not care about anybody else but himself. It's very, very frustrating and it's it's disheartening that there's a spotlight kind of being shown on top of the Democrats be like, okay, how are you going to act? How are you going to act? Because we know, we know, and granted we're not in this situation, but we know that if Biden got coronavirus, if Biden had COVID and he had to go to the hospital, Trump would not wish him well. We know that Trump would not suspend his campaign. We know that Trump and his followers would not be saying anything good. And there wouldn't be an expectation of them to do so because they don't do that. But because of how Democrats are presenting themselves and the type of things that we we believe in, there's an expectation that we have to act good and that we can't um, really respond in the way that we want to. You know, on my um, Facebook thread, you know, we were talking about how um, it, it, it's kind of this... Um, form of, uh, of gaslighting that's happening. Um, it's, I'm trying to figure out the best way to express it, but one of the, one of the phrases I always say is that oppressors always want civility. You know, they can't see their own behavior, but they can only see the response of the person respond of the person that they're um, showing their behavior to. So, you know, it's kind of like an abusive relationship. You know, the person's abusing you then when the abused fights back, the abuser's like, well, why are you doing that to me? But not realizing how they got to that place. Um, it's, it's really, it really says something. Um, I'm, the abuse of power is, is very, 
it's very telling and you know I've come across it quite a bit um, somebody sent this to me and I want to read it and I think it's a really really great perspective it says white Christianity suffers from a bad case of Disney princess theology as each individual reads scripture they see themselves as the princess in every story they are Esther never Xerxes or Haman. They are Peter, never Judas. They are the woman anointing Jesus and never the Pharisee. They are the Jews escaping slavery, never Egypt. For citizens of the most powerful country in the world who enslaved both native and black people to see itself as Israel, not Egypt, when studying scripture is the perfect example of Disney princess theology. And it means that as people in power, they have no lens for locating themselves rightly in scripture or society. It has made them blind and utterly ill-equipped to engage issue, to engage issues of power and injustice. It's some very weak Bible work. So that's what we're really seeing, I feel like, with a lot of Trump supporters and a lot of people who are coming at Democrats um, about their views. They see themselves on the right side. And of course, everybody sees themselves on the right side for the most part. But I think it, you, if you're smart enough, you can really tell the difference between right and wrong. And you can never admit, uh, you should be able to admit, you know what, I'm wrong in this place, or I, um, I'm, I'm placing the blame on someone else when it's actually my fault. So um, for those of you that want to be petty and you feel like saying, you know what, I don't really care what happens to him, I get it. But, you know, I, I, I'm torn because I go back and forth with how I feel. I'm a huge proponent of grace, but I, I also understand that there's nothing wrong with calling people out for their bad behavior and there's nothing wrong for wanting them to learn lessons uh, either the easy way or the hard way. Now, one of the things that I uh, found interesting also was that uh, Trump tweeted out a few videos where he was apparently at Walter Reed and, you know, letting uh, his followers know how he's doing. The last video that I, I, I saw him tweet out was that he, you know, he learned about COVID and it was like being in school and, you know, it's a very interesting thing, COVID, and he's going to let us know what he learned about it. Now, I don't even know what any of that means, but granted, if he is willing to come out and say, you know what, I did have a hard time with it, even though it was a few days, but they worked really hard to help me and get me through it, but it is serious and, and we do need to take it seriously and you don't want to have this, great. You know, that that would be great if he came out on the other end because he experienced it and he felt it. But I am not confident that whatever he's going to come forward and say that he learned about COVID while going through it is going to make people more cautious about it. I mean, listen, I've had friends, I have a very good friend um, in my church community who has had COVID for almost four months. I've had several friends have COVID and say it is the worst thing that they've ever had, that they couldn't breathe. They felt like they were run over by a truck. They were in pain. They had a constant fever. And these are healthy people that I know. Healthy people. So if Trump, who clearly is not a healthy man, um, comes out on the other side, but he also got the care that nobody else got. He got all these other uh, drugs and experimental drugs that nobody else uh, was administered. Um, several, several different drugs, including steroids and um uh, I don't want to mispronounce the words, but one of the things he did not get was hydroxychloroquine, which I think is very interesting because that is the one drug that he's been touting about this whole time. And it's not one that was administered to him. There were two other drugs that were administered to him while he was there and steroids as well. So 
I am interested to see what he is going to say about his quote unquote experience. And I say quote unquote, because I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical, but I go back and forth because it doesn't make sense that he would fake it. But at the same time, why wouldn't, why would he not? You know, there's nothing that this man does at this point in his uh, presidency that surprises me anymore because he is all about winning. He's relentless. And I feel like he will do anything he can to possibly win. So if this, I already was concerned that he was going to win anyway, but if, if this pushes it more in his favor because he gets the sympathy votes or because he actually does admit to knowing what COVID is about and then he gets people to follow him, they're going to say that he's a good leader and that, you know, it was a blessing that he went through it so that now he knows how to properly lead, even though he could have been properly leading six months ago had he just made the decision to do so, but he never did. So that's where we're at. So I'm, I, I, you know, I can't wait to see what he says. Um, probably by the time this episode comes out, he may make another statement. We'll see. But I, um, we're watching him closely for sure. We really, really are. But I think what is so disappointing to me is just how human beings at this age can be so reckless. And I know I said this before. I just, when I think back to how many people have contracted the virus that were at that, now I'm going to call it the super spreader event, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, all you're doing is proving that Dr. Fauci was right. And, you know, all the experts that were talking about COVID is like, you got to wear a mask. You have to do socially distance. You have to stay apart from people. And people are just packed in like sardine cans, even though it's outside. Being outside does not stop the virus. It's better that you're outside, but you still got to protect yourself. Stop being reckless. Wear a freaking mask. Wearing a mask is the simplest thing that you can do. Truly, it really, really is. And look, I know we're all stir crazy. We want life to go back to normal, but it's not going to go back to normal if we don't take the proper precautions to get past this. COVID is serious. It is a very, very serious virus that we're still figuring out. That is the thing. You know, people are getting upset that that things that were told to us by the experts in March are different than what they're telling us now, but they've had six months to study this thing and figure it out. That is how science works. That's how data works. It's ever changing. When you do more research, you find out new things and then you move on from there and then you figure out something else. So we have to look at it as every month, the more that this virus grows, the more knowledge we're going to get about it and the easier it will be for us to combat it. But right now, there's three things that you can do. You can socially distance, you can wear your mask and you can wash your hands. And you can stay home. That's the fourth thing that you can do. You don't have to go out. You don't have to, you know, try to get your nails done. You don't have to try to go to a restaurant. You can just be safe. It sucks. I get it. I don't want to be home anymore. We just bought this house in December and I swear I want to sell it already because I've been home so long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay safe for, for my family. So um, do your part because we can't actually combat this the way other countries in the world have but we are failing behind and it's embarrassing it's embarrassing how selfish the american people are you know we're the, we're supposed we're this economic powerhouse we are um supposed to be the place where people can come to have their dreams achieved but we can't even take care of each other we don't have the moral compass this 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 country is is not centered around anything morally that allows us to care and take care of one another so we need to take a step back and, and if you have to make small sacrifices for other people, make small sacrifices for other people. 
you would want somebody to make sacrifice for you. So it's okay to do it for somebody else. We have to stop being selfish. So I, I, as I know you guys are, I'm going to be watching very closely, see what else happens. See, you know, they say he's on the up and up. I am watching. I'm waiting to see if he actually is on the up and up, if he's going to have a decline, what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with the debates. I don't know what's going to happen with the election next month, but there is so much on the line right now. So make sure you're paying attention. Uh, read uh, valuable sources there. You can look up um, media bias sources to see what are the best sources to read so it's not swinging more left or swinging right, but it's straight down the center and you're just getting the facts. My personal favorite is NPR, but we also have Associated Press and BBC. BBC probably because it's not an American publication and they're truly just reporting what they know. So try to find a um, an unbiased uh, news source to keep up to date. Um, also, as always, uh, just thank you for listening. And again, if you want to join the Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Need to Talk the Podcast and Twitter at underscore We Need to Talk underscore. 